I understood diastasis and I felt really confident about my understanding there. But this mesh thing was a piece, quite literally, a piece that I could not resolve. I couldn't figure out, like, do I do something about it? Do I not? Ignoring it doesn't feel right, but having an abdominal plasty feels really intense too. But if I have that, well, then it's also addressing the diastasis. So maybe that's a good choice. Maybe that is my best choice. And so it was a lot of that thinking, right? And I did that. I tried to like really lean into the people that I trusted who could help kind of weigh all the pros and cons. Ultimately, I ended up having that surgery. Welcome to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I am talking about my choice to get an abdominal plasty. There is so much stigma and shame and embarrassment and misunderstanding around this surgery, and I have avoided talking about it for a while, not because I think it's okay that they're, you know, like to keep things hush hush and quiet. It's just because it was a big process for me. And when I first started sharing about my choice to get an abdominal plasty, and then when I shared the early months of being in the trenches, it became too much to have eyes watching and knowing that later that I was influencing, and I, and I don't use that word, you know, for anything other than what it truly means, potentially influencing others with my choices and my process. And I think it's hard to share when it's live, especially something that is as significant and unique and individual as choosing to get an abdominal plasty and recovering from that. You don't know until you know, so to speak. And so I carry a big responsibility with trying to put out good and trustworthy information and while keeping it relatable for sure. But I also know that I've had to get through my own process and do a lot of reflecting in order to feel a comfortable talking about getting this surgery and b what it was actually like. So that's what I'm trying to do with this episode. I really hope that you bear with me as I try to just talk like very matter of fact about um, what that process was for me. So I had the surgery just about two years ago in February of 2019. And I chose to get an abdominal plasty. It was about a year and a half postpartum from chance. And if you haven't listened to my early episodes on diastasis, do that for some context. But um, I had really significant diastasis after my first baby. I was able to rehab it very well. Um, and then I got pregnant with chance and massive baby, massive diastasis. Once again, was able to rehab and feel really good in my body and was able to 
do the kind of exercise I wanted to do and felt like really solid about my body. Like there was no, um, a lot of time and a lot of patience, of course, went into improving my diastasis, trying to manage it during pregnancy. I certainly had a diastasis, but it wasn't, it wasn't a problem, so to speak. The fascia was pretty good, although, you know, beat up from two big ass babies. But overall, this wasn't like a quality of life issue for me, so to speak. But one thing that made my choice unique and different than maybe other people was that I had had a hernia mesh repair done after the birth of my first son. I had what I know now is like, was a super small hernia, probably didn't even need surgery. But at the time I was told, oh yeah, you have a hernia. You should certainly get surgery, especially with the kind of movement and lifting that you like to do. You have to get this. So that was like seven years ago, at least. So I had that surgery to fix the hernia repair and it was done with mesh. But when I got pregnant again with my second baby chance, that whole area felt weird through my pregnancy. It's really hard to describe, but it just felt um, like there's like normal stretching of your abdomen. And yeah, like when you carry a big baby, like stuff feels weird for sure. But I felt um, almost like this bumpy, like crinkly feeling around my belly button. And so it just, that whole area just kind of felt distorted beyond just what a normal, like normal fascia feels like when there's a baby pressing up against it. So I knew it was kind of weird during pregnancy. I was told, of course, again, this was seven years ago. Oh, the mesh will hold through another pregnancy. No worries. Well, I guess, you know, they didn't know that, you know, I carried 10 pound baby straight out into my midline, whatever. It was a lot. And then when I had chance, now I went through the recovery process and rehab, rebuilt my, my fitness strength, was able to lift pretty heavy, do pull-ups, basically everything I wanted to do because I had a lot better tools to understand how to manage and improve a diastasis. So literally part of my job and I was able to walk that talk and feel really confident in my body and that process. Even with that, the area around my belly button, of course, had stretch marks and loose skin for sure. That's, there's no, for me, there was no avoiding that. I had made peace with that. What was a continual mind fuck for less, for lack of a better word. I'm sure there's a better word, but not for me. I just felt this weird. I'm touching my stomach now as if there's something there and you know, you guys can see me, but there was like this lumpy, weird feeling and everything that I could keep coming back to. And with my pelvic floor physical therapist was like the mesh just got distorted. It got distorted by another baby sitting up against it for nine months. And it wasn't necessarily fashion that I was feeling, but that whole side of was mostly like the left side of my rectus abdominals just felt like feathered instead of like a hard edge. It just felt feathered and weird. And I know these are interesting words to describe when talking about your abs, but I just want to convey that, that it wasn't so much that there was like something wrong, like exercise wise. It's just like, there was something that was in my body that didn't, it just didn't feel right. And there, the area looked kind of weird. So it wasn't that it was embarrassing, but it just, it was enough to know, like, I don't like this. And this mesh shouldn't be here. Shouldn't be like that anyway. 
it wasn't like that before I got pregnant. So obviously that second pregnancy kind of like did something to it. And so I started examining different ways of cleaning it out or making it better. And it seemed like after a lot of work or a lot of um, like a lot of consulting with different pelvic floor physical therapists that I very much trust that are well-respected in our realm. And fortunately I have access to some of the best ones because they're like my friends and my colleagues Um, that one of the best ways to address it and also address the diastasis because there was no denying that there's still of course a diastasis there just wasn't necessarily a problem but if I'm you're going to go into that area and fix the one thing you may as well fix both and what's the best way to do that which led me to the choice of having an abdominoplasty um, it was not an easy choice I had a lot of different fears around a really significant surgery um, I think the stigma that goes with that surgery and it, it became really hard to know if that was the right choice for me. Um, but I also felt like I didn't know what that mesh was going to do and that area, how that was going to feel as I age, whatever. Like there was just a lot of question marks and I was tired of having so many question marks surrounding my freaking abs, right? Like I understood diastasis. I felt really confident about my understanding there, but this mesh thing was a piece, quite literally a piece that I could not resolve. I couldn't figure out like, do I do something about it? Do I not? Ignoring it doesn't feel right, but having an abdominoplasty feels really intense too. But if I have that, well, then it's also addressing the diastasis. So maybe that's a good choice. Maybe that is my best choice. And so it was a lot of that thinking, right? And I did that I tried to like really lean into the people that I trusted who could help kind of weigh all the pros and cons. Ultimately, I ended up having that surgery. And while people arrive at the choice of surgery because they're either, you know, they're choosing to do it for their own personal reasons, whatever it might be, for aesthetic changes, for um, what they consider to be functional changes, and others do it by, maybe it's their circumstance. Maybe they have a very very significant diastasis. They've expired rehab or they're just so sick of what their stomach looks like. And they're like, I don't want to feel bad about that anymore. Like this is my choice. This is my circumstance. I'm choosing to have surgery. Cool. Whatever your choice or circumstance is like, that doesn't need anybody else's mean or judgmental opinion. I I get it. But nevertheless, there's still a lot of misunderstandings about this surgery. And this surgery is a big freaking deal. It is not anything to take lightly. And so making sure that you have a lot of support surrounding you is critical. And I'm somebody who had quite a bit of support around me and I still really, really, really struggled. So post-op, I felt okay. Um, okay enough, right? I was able to stand up straight fairly early on, took it really easy. I didn't exercise for seven ish weeks. But so that was like the functional healing was fine. Like the muscular functional healing felt fine. Where I really struggled was the wound healing. So I had um, some sutures that got really irritated. Area just kind of like was just really red, inflamed, affected on the that incision line. And it was horrifying. It was like, oh my God, I have never had this kind of problem before. Um, you know, like I'm not necessarily like have sensitive skin or, you know, healing issues, scars that keloided, but it was, 
bad. Like the scar just was ugly and there was so much tension on it that it it was it was really complicated and really frustrating and really scary to feel like, well, I kind of feel okay, but this is not okay. And just trying to figure out how to treat that. And it sucked. It really, really sucked. So it technically healed, but it looked ugly. It just looked like this angry scar. And again, I'm like, well, this doesn't freaking make sense. I'm really healthy. I eat well. I drink a lot of water. Like, like why am I a bad healer? Who knows? Like there could be literally a lot of different reasons. And trust me, I have asked um, like all of them. This week's episode is brought to you by Iconic Protein. You can use code PRACTICEBRAVE using the link in the show notes to try it out. What I love about it is it is on-the-go protein. I don't have to mix anything. I don't need my protein shaker bottles. I don't need to put it in a blender. It is pre-made, ready to go. I just grab it from my fridge and out the door. I love it. I was like my 4 p.m. I'm kind of snacky feeling but I don't want to have like a full meal. So I love having this for when I'm out the door to baseball or jujitsu or whatever with my kids. It's a great way to get in 20 grams of protein for only 140 calories. I personally really like the chocolate and greens flavor. So if this is something that sounds like it would resonate with you, you're trying to get extra protein in your diet, whether it's because you're postpartum or you're recovering from a surgery, or you just really need more protein to support the fitness that you're doing, I'd really recommend checking out Iconic Protein using the link in my show notes. And please be sure to use code PRACTICEBRAVE to get a discount. So I went back at three months post-op for a scar revision because again, it was ugly. Like I just spent so much time, mental energy, money, all of that stuff to try to like have a better result. And I just felt like I looked like shit and it was super discouraging. And um, I did that in the public eye. So that was also like, really embarrassing to feel like, why am I having these issues? And now people like are watching, they have their own assumptions. This is embarrassing. And I feel like I did something wrong, but like, I legit don't know what I did wrong. Like, I don't think I did anything wrong. And so it was like this really like shitty cycle of thinking and guilt and shame that I experienced, which again is why I haven't really talked much about it. So I went back at three months post-op and had a scar revision done. And overall, I healed better from that. Was it great? No, no. But it was a hell of a lot better. Um, wasn't as angry of a scar. And it was a better healing process for me in terms of the scar revision. If you have not listened to my episode on um, breast implants, I would encourage you to listen to that um, little side note here because there are a few dots that I am connecting, but I don't have a whole lot of, um, they're more of just like theories and ideas versus anything else. But I would suggest listening to that episode if you have not yet. So I ended up having that scar revision and it healed, it got better. And there's, there's still things that, you know, functionally I have felt, you know, okay. But it was just such a pain in the ass process of healing that it made everything just feel hard and frustrating. And well, that swelling and is this bloating and all of that stuff. Like I just felt like my stomach just had almost like new issues. Like it had its issues with the mesh and the diastasis before, but now there's like these new issues of the scar and the healing and 
the frustrations there and then just swelling lasts for so long and then just bloating and any kind of changes there. It just felt really like I have no idea what to truly expect. And even the people that were in my circle as professionals were also kind of like, holy shit, this is, yeah, this is different. We don't know either. Like, we don't know, like, because there's not a whole lot of people who talk about their post-op recovery and experiences and challenges. Um, and there's just like a lot of assumptions out there. And then I think clinically with a lot of our practitioners, they will only end up seeing like worst case scenario patients who come in with, you know, a lot of pain in their scar, their incision at a year post-op, or maybe people that like had no clue about diastasis and just had this surgery and, you know, just maybe like their say like their core habits and were causing some symptoms or issues, but I didn't have any of that necessarily. It was just, it was almost like physiological changes that I had no control of because my functional ones were, they were pretty much okay. Like muscular wise, I felt fine. It was really the physiological things like the wound healing, the bloating, the swelling that I just felt really sensitive to and had quite a few issues. And it was really frustrating. And while that process was humbling, I certainly, I learned quite a bit. And when people, when people ask, like, are you happy that you got that surgery? Do you regret it? Like, God, there was just, there were so many things that were hard that were associated with the surgery. And it's hard to really give a straightforward answer when I'm asked that, because in some ways, well, maybe I don't have like loose skin anymore, but it's just in a different kind of like in a different place. Like if I bend, there's still areas on my abdomen that crinkle. Does my belly button look better? Like maybe, but it also looks different. So it's not that we're like, there's this for my body, this extreme, like, wow, she didn't look good. And now she looks good. It's not like that for my body. There are some bodies um, that aesthetically have a huge, like, they look great, like super noticeable improvement. For me, it has never been that necessarily. For me, it has felt like I traded kind of like one thing <laughs> for another thing, one abdomen for another abdomen that maybe there's still some insecurities attached to. Like, do I 100% love how it looks? No, but I have now at almost two years post op, I've found acceptance for that. And acceptance for how things turned out because there was just so many variables that I tried so hard to control. And then there was variables that I just simply couldn't and had to sit back and say, okay, like teach me what I need to know then. Teach me what I need to know. You know, if that's to sit down, shut up and be patient and just like let your body teach you, that's what has happened to me. And um, I feel good. I can exercise. I, I never... But I think when people go into this surgery, they think, well, I'm going to have, if I fix my diastasis, then obviously all of my issues are going to go away. And that's just not necessarily the case for everybody. So um, there's so much that can be done to rehab a diastasis or at least get it to a point where, yeah, you have a diastasis, but like, who cares? You can still do the things that you want to do. That was the point I was at. Am I relieved the mesh is gone and was addressed? Yes. I think that would have been like this mind fuck for me forever. And I don't know how, I you know I would have gone about that 
And if it would have been worth it to not address the diastasis, like who knows, right? I'm not going to try to sit and, and try to like have, you know, this, this hindsight, cause that's not going to do anything good for me now, but I'm at a place now where I feel grateful for my body. Oh my God, I have learned so much. I know that um, if we thought the pregnancy and postpartum world was a shit show of misinformation, the plastic surgery and the abdominal plastic world in particular is horrific with the information that is shared with the information that we are given. And like I said, I, I had the benefit of being able to see through a lot of that stuff and prepare myself in some ways, like the functional muscular return to exercise ways, all of that was fine. It was the physiological things that were out of my control that it wasn't that I just really struggled with that there was just not a whole lot of support or understanding around. And so it seems that, you know, the different people that I have in my network of co-coaches and friends of mine that have had this surgery, everyone has something like there's some kind of something that acts as a challenge. That's a variable and we do need better information out there. I will be bringing Lisa Ryan on to talk about some of the things that we're trying to do to get more information out there and trying to use this platform that connects the dots between strength and conditioning and athleticism and female athletes to all things pelvic health and recovery and and just being like an advocate for your body and try to use our voices and experiences and education to help get better information out there because it shouldn't be such a lonely, shamey, isolating world. And while my intention was to help and share and be genuine and authentic about this big thing that was happening in my life, um, I do feel guilt that like, what if I shared something that like wasn't true or like wasn't right or accurate or, you know, like I want to take the responsibility I have with the people who, who trust me and trust the information I put out there and make sure that I'm being hundred percent ethical with it. And because I've struggled so much, uh, it w- it's been hard to think about how much I shared and how vulnerable I was. And like, like that does not come easy for me. I hate it. I really hate it, but I hate not being real either. And so I feel like I'm teetering this line of like sharing and acknowledging that I had this surgery, why I had this surgery and what it was actually like for me. And now where I'm at now, I'm almost two years postpartum. I feel overall like really good. Are there still insecurities attached to it? Because yeah, it goes from like, oh, I have loose skin or stretch marks or I have a diastasis or I have a hernia, all these things to, well, now I had abdominoplasty, so I have a big scar. Mine doesn't show in any, like it's a very low scar. Um, You know, but others, maybe their scar shows or hey, your belly button looks weird now. Or like you go from having a diastasis stomach to an abdominoplasty stomach and it's noticeable. So it's almost like some people will exchange one insecurity for another. For someone like Lisa, it was 100% like from a that exchange purpose, 100% worth it. Like her abs look way different and way conventionally speaking better. And she's very happy with that. So um, for her, it was definitely like an easy yes of I look better now compared to before. And we have to talk about the aesthetic component of that because it is a huge driver for a lot of women. It's not because you don't love your body or that you haven't accepted it, or you don't appreciate the stretch marks and loose skin. People arrive at the choice to have the surgery for a lot of different reasons. And we don't need to be belittled 
for whatever that choice or circumstance is. Let people be with the choices they make for their body for whatever reason it might be. You can love your body and make hard choices for it. That's literally like, that is what we are here for. We, and we do that in all different ways. Sometimes we learn that it wasn't the right choice or maybe it was the right choice and it was still hard. Like that's okay. All of these things can coexist. And it's taken me a really like a long time to arrive at a place where I'm willing to share this so publicly. And it's not because there's shame. It's just because it was a lot. It was just a lot to walk through and I needed to get clear on how I really felt about it. And I'm at a point now where, um, again, listen to the episode on (laughs) breast implants where I've been able to make a lot of different connections. And for the first time in two years, I think I feel really good in my body, like settled. And it's so scary to say that because I'm like, oh God, now what universe, you know, because it's, it's hard. Sometimes it becomes really hard to trust your body and to trust, trust the things that happen to you. Um, but God, what other choice do we have, right? Like we just have to do our best to make the choices that we need to make and work with the circumstances that come from those choices. That is not easy, but I think the more we can have conversations around, around this stuff and around some of the struggles that may happen and a lot of the feelings and emotions that are attached to it, the better off so many others will be. And they'll, you know, I always talk about like, we'll make an informed choice. We can do that with the more information that we have, but we have social media and people that are giving advice and information that they might be in their own process, right? Just like I was. And it becomes, it's really hard to know who to trust and what to listen to because it's the whole story being shared. My whole story was shared and out there and it became too much and it became too much of a responsibility and too hard to feel like, you know, I really want to make sure I'm doing right by anybody that I, you know, influence. And I say that with air quotes, but I do. And I want to stay within my integrity and it, became a really hard road to walk because I couldn't sort my feelings yet. Nevertheless, share those messy, scrambly feelings and process with thousands of people. So um, that's where I'm at now. I'm two years post-surgery. I overall feel really good. I still have insecurities. We all will. Um, But I feel ultimately, I know that this whole process of what my body has been through is making me an exceptional coach, a great business leader, a very good athlete, and a human that can be trusted to help other people navigate messy processes with their body and their lifetime of athleticism. And I feel really good about being that person. I always say like, you know, become who you needed. And now we're just adding some context to that just adding a different, whole different skill set and area that um, needs more attention, needs more advocacy, needs more, you know, accurate information and resources that go beyond just the muscular component of it um, and really takes into account the mental, emotional, and physiological healing and just that whole process. I hope this episode... Um, <laughs> I don't know if this episode was maybe more for me than it was for you, but there it is. If you have questions about this surgery, you can ask me. 
And I will do my best to answer them in a way that feels good for me and for you. And um, I really appreciate you being here and for holding space for me and for yourself, if that's a, a journey that you're on or for anybody else who tries to talk to you about this. So please share this episode accordingly. I appreciate your support through the years. And for the most part, everyone has been very kind, even in the trenches, even when it was hard for every mean or passive aggressive comment, there has been so much support and love for me, both personally and professionally. I'm very grateful for that. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are a postpartum athlete and you're really trying to figure out what next, what does my return to fitness look like? What do I do about my core, my pelvic floor? How do I get back into the movements I want to do in a way that I feel really confident about? I have you covered because I know exactly what it's like to be where you are as a coach, as an athlete, and as a mom. So I want you to download six exercises for the first six weeks postpartum. It's a free resource and it just goes over everything that I think is really important to take into consideration during those early weeks postpartum. Now, if you're ready to begin more of an exercise program, say you've been cleared by your doctor or midwife, I have a eight week postpartum athlete training program, which acts as the perfect entry back into fitness, into the gym, into the kind of movement that you want to do where it's still respecting the changes your body has gone through and how your baby was delivered, but it really helps connect your rehab into the kind of fitness that you want to do in a way that's relatable and fun and exactly what your body needs right now on behalf of your long-term function and performance.